on Sagittarian Matters, Dog Life, Dog Death, The Redemption of Ticino, Advice, and more with guest Capricorn, Kaya Wilson. Stay tuned. Kaya Wilson wants you to know that she still plays grunge music like it's 1994. She has recently become obsessed with nose breathing and activating the vagus nerve. Kaya is a musician, a dog person, and a Capricorn who listeners may remember from our interview last year conducted in a graveyard in honor of her band Team Dresh's reunion tour. Kaya joined me last week in the Capricorn Matters social distancing dog pod to try Ticino, a drink we've tried on the podcast at least five times, and to answer your listener advice questions about dogs, dog death, behavior, and more. As a bonus, she let me record her spot-on impression of the Grape Lady. Do you remember the Grape Lady? She is a viral video star of Christmas past, and if you're not familiar, I do recommend pausing the podcast at some point and listening to it, or at least Googling it after you listen to this episode. Anyway, you can buy Kaya's music and t-shirts that she designed that say dogs at kaya.bandcamp.com. Now, please enjoy my talk with friend to the show and Capricorn favorite, Kaya Wilson. What about me? And you're a Capricorn. I am a Capricorn. Is this? An, would you prefer the Capricorn Matters theme song? Yeah. For this episode? Oh yeah, I love that. I'm so glad that got made. Oh, Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs is our resident musician, and she really delivered on that one. She's a big fan of Capricorns. She loves Capricorns. Capricorn matters. Capricorn matters. What's the matter? I'll fix it for you. Capricorn matters. It's perfect. Do you feel? Uh, no, I can't fix things. Mm. It's Do you my, try? I, I, can I blame my right? I'm Pisces rising. Mm. Cancer moon. Cancer moon. That's why I can't fix. I try. Yeah, I try to fix things. Mm. Emotional well, things I try to fix. Mm. Very codependent. <laughs> Kaya... I've heard you say before you're also a co-dog pendant. <laughs> Is this true? It, I think anyone who knows me knows. That you're that, co-dog pendant. Oh, yeah. I, I'm the definition of that. Yeah. I'm an embodiment. What does that mean to you? What do you mean? It means I'm always concerned with their feelings and trying to manage their emotions. Um, and <clears throat> trying to make sure that their needs are met before my own needs. You have two dogs. Yeah. What kind of needs do they have? Uh, the, the one wants me to throw things for him, pocket. He's a border collie. He wants me to throw things that he decides he wants to play with. And the other um, needs, she just needs a lot of space. She needs to f- feel grounded in her environment, which is not always easy because she's feral. Kaya, what do you have today for us to try? Ticino. Ticino. 
You're the only person I've ever met in person, in socially, just organically. You're the only person I've ever met who drank Ticino on your own, not because I gave it to them. Mm. So, you know, a listener named Sybil a long time ago sent the podcast just a lot, like a kilo of Ticino. And so many of our regular guests tried it. It was universally panned. It was uni- uh, no. There was a positive review from uh, Rocco, I believe. Oh yeah, Rocco loved Thanks, it. Thanks, Rocco. <laughs> well, so she, the person, sent us a bunch of tea bags. Yeah, it was tea bags. That's some problem. Well, okay. So you're here to, you're here for a com- don't call it a comeback. Ticino's always had this way of yeah. being, and you're here to show me a different way. Yeah, I am here to show you a different way. Uh, yeah. What is Ticino? I don't know. Uh, shoot, I should get the bag. It's, you know, it's a bunch of herbs and chicory. Chicory is high up there in the mix. It's for people who cannot tolerate caffeine. Oh, well, it is helpful to people for a, an earthy kind of thicker beverage that's not like coffee really, but has that same like kind of, what do people say, mouthfeel? I don't know. It just has that same sort of like comforting depth uh, for for if you do need to cut back your caffeine or if you want to drink it at night and don't want to drink coffee at night. We did kind of um, compare it to International Delights, hmm. but without the delight. I see. <laughs> well, that's because you were getting like French vanilla. You were trying, you were trying flavors that I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand behind. Well, just so you know, Rocco tried like a caramel nut or something uh-huh. and he was like, this is great. That's yeah. I'd have this instead of sugar, <laughs> which was, yeah. I mean, that's, he's really dancing to the beat of his own drummer. Over yeah. There. I'm what ready. do you mean? No, he's, he's, he's spot on. Morgan called it but essence of coffee pot. <laughs> Morgan said. Well, which but this was flavor? The which flavor? Yeah. So tea bag, imagine that you've made yourself a cup of coffee in, in just the amount of grounds and it's just like this little tea bag. You probably wouldn't like that coffee either. That's true. That's true. You you know you got to throw in more ground. You you need to put it in a French press or in a pour over, whatever your style is. You need it stronger. That's my case. And here we are. How did you prepare this Ticino? Stronger and fresher. All right. Um, pour over method. Extra grounds. Is that what you call it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it. Oh. Let's take it to the taste test. All right. Yeah. Now this is a hazelnut, and I can smell it from a mile away. Yeah, this is more. This does have a more strong flavor than the Java <laughs> or Mocha, which are the other two flavors that I'm familiar with. Is Ticino to coffee what carob is to chocolate? Like it's like a different yeah, you thing. Know what? Yeah, that's a really good, that's so solid, and I think it has carob. I love carob. Yeah, that's something we have in common. Oh yeah, carob is so 70s, and it's so overlooked now. Or like it's just, I don't, where is it? It's, it's going to make a comeback. I, you heard it here first. Well, so I've been getting it on some Instacart nonsense here in Portland because in LA you cannot get an Instacart time slot. It's like week, it's booked weeks out because nobody wants to go to the grocery store. Here, I've been getting Instacart from New Seasons and I've tried to look up the word, keyword carob. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can find are those disgusting nuggets, those energy nuggets that they always have in the bulk bin of Um, any natural grocery store you've ever been in your whole life. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I don't know what the market for those are. Like, who is buying those but not buying carob chips? I don't know. But carob chips are a joy to me. Eating them with raisins, what a delight. That's a delight. (laughs) Kaya's face just turned 
Kaya was with me until I said raisins. <laughs> I have a raisin. I have a raisin phobia around the household because of dogs and the uh, potential for their demise from eating raisins or grapes. But it's strange you don't have a chocolate phobia. Yeah, because it can't. It's not as deadly. I see. Generally. Well, this is good. We're circling back to co-dog pendency or just dogs. Just the topic of dogs. Okay, it's time for Ticino. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> just for listeners know what just happened. <laughs> Don't tell them. Kaya muttered to cheers. To cheers. <laughs> the hazelnut smell is really off-putting. It smells like um, coffee mate hazelnut. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like a, quote, natural, unquote, hazelnut, mm-hmm. which is strange because this is a hippie beverage. This is a chicory-based. It's like chicory, carob, <laughs> a bunch of herbs. And it's like a very natural thing for people that are, like, wanting to drink a natural beverage and not pollute their body with caffeine. Mm-hmm. And so for it to have that strong, like, natural flavor scent is off-putting. However, the taste of it is deep. And it tastes like it, like if you've had, um, is it like morning thunder or like whatever chicory based tea oh, uh-huh. exists? Um, it tastes like that, but it's creamy. We put some oat milk in it. Yeah. It's creamy. It's deep. If I needed to drink coffee, like if I had the impulse to drink coffee at night, but I knew I shouldn't because mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to sleep mm-hmm. and I wanted to trick myself into feeling like I was being a badass. Yeah. I would drink some of this. Yeah, really? I love that response. It's also really soothing in the winter mm. when you want to drink hot beverages and if, if you're in Portland or in a cold, colder climate. You want to drink hot beverages a lot in the day, mm-hmm. but you just can't drink coffee after coffee after coffee at a certain age. What happens? I, I, heart palpitations, actually, if you want to know my reason. I do want to know. Yeah, like pre, premature uh, ventricular contractions. <laughs> Is this what led you to Ticino? Yeah, actually. It's it's what has led me to Ticino time and again when I couldn't have that fourth cup of coffee, for example. Right. Um, the podcast, I should say, has never been sponsored by Ticino. Yeah. We've never reached out to them. You paid full price for this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other tea bags I got, a listener didn't – I don't even think she worked for them. She just thought I might like it. She wanted to hear us talk about it. And talk about it, we did. Yeah. I sent you all the episodes. Yeah. We talked about it at least three or four episodes. Right. I, 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 I really enjoy – even when you you know aren't happy with your Ticino results, I enjoy your conversation. I love – any taste testing conversation is up my alley. So, But I knew when I heard tea bag, my, I hark. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I paid I paid attention to that because I knew that you should be trying a pour over version of uh, Ticino. You might have a different result. Well, I did have a different result. I give this a thumbs up. Yeah, I'm gonna say a thumbs up. Do you have any other tasty notes to say about this? I mean, you know, it's got a natural sweetness to it too. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're if you like if you like coffee without any sweetness, you might this might not be up up your alley too. But I like a little sweetness from like the oat milk and then also from the, I think there's carob. I really think there's carob. To me, it's in the same family of like, it's a cold day. You want to have something, but you're not ready to get jacked on caffeine. This is the same vibe as, to me, it's the same vibe as like a a latte or a chai. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, same chai. vibe as a like I in my brain would categorize mm-hmm. this the same place as golden milk and chai. Yeah, is Ticino. Well, there's something comforting about it somehow yeah. in a different way than is the it, like ja- just jasmine tea would be or something, which is also got its own place. But it's that's more like to me that's more invigorating and yeah. like that's I, I want I want to have a good time. I'm drinking jasmine tea. Yeah, this but, is like I already had a good time. Uh-huh. I just want to stay exactly where I'm at. Yeah, you're sitting down end of the day on the at the on the couch or whatever, and you're yeah. you can read. And you like you like a a mocha ish kind of beverage, yeah. but you're not looking yeah. for that. You don't need all that fun. Come on. Mm-mm. That's too much. It's too aggressive. Today's episode is brought to you by Emily Helmus, Jamie Rabin, Maria Turner Carney, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Harrod, Mary Pinson, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, especially producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet like the insect, leg like its appendage at gmail. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo. It's Hell Books on Venmo. That's H-E, double hockey sticks, books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. But you show Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's new speaking voice. Kaya, we're here today to ask you some advice about dogs. I'm going to start with a softball, which is something you know about. Well, how would you advise listeners to choose a dog? It is a pandemic. There's a lot of dogs looking for foster homes. Uh-huh. People are doing a lot of pet grinder. They're doing a lot of like scrolling, 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 mm-hmm. looking at a pretty face, looking at a sad story. Mm-hmm. Be like, maybe I should take this dog because it's like a cute looking dog or it's scruffy. Mm-hmm. It looks mm-hmm. like a puppet. How would you advise somebody choose a dog? What are the most important things to think about? This is something I have yeah. strong feelings about, and yeah. thus I thought oh. you might have strong feelings. Yeah, sure, I, I do, because I think a lot of people take on dogs because of how they look, or like you said, a sad, a sad sad story, or what, you know, there's a number of reasons why people get dogs and why they get certain dogs. The, the, the thing to think about is, what is your life like? What do you want your life to continue looking like with a dog in it? Because dogs are very sentient and very centered, generally, on engagement with humans, much more so than, say, a cat mm-hmm. or a ferret go on but the uh so i would i would say like a lot of people are like i want this kind of dog a lot of times because they grew up with that kind of dog or there's something in their childhood but i would like really take my advice is to take breed out of it as much as you can except to the point of where what 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 characteristics behaviorally do some breeds usually come with such as a border collie so if you take on a border collie you need to know that you're a herding dog. They're, they may run more sensitive. They may have a hard time with sounds. They may have, and then they're going to have a need to work that is different than, the, say, this chihuahua. Well, so like Mix. a herding dog, a corgi is also a herding dog. Sure, yeah. So they, a her, herding dog, they were born with a job. Mm-hmm. They were born for this job. Their brain is oriented towards this job. And so you need to do something yeah. to either mimic this job or wear them the fuck out or else they're going to be a terror. Yes, right. So I do believe that all dogs have the same thing, though, where they, 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 all dogs can benefit from some sort of, from enrichment in different categories. And some is breed specific. Um, and then others, it's, it's just you find out what they like, you know, and you, you codependently align with them, codependently align your life to meet all their needs. 
Well, it's just like like Ponyo. A chihuahua is basically made to sit on your lap, but also guard the perimeter and bark. They are. They are and so Ponyo's worst quality to yeah. me is that she's always going to bark when she hears something. Mm-hmm. She's doing her job. She's doing mm-hmm. the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. This is what she was born to do. Right. But that's all. That's kind of it. Right. Ponyo, like if I don't exercise her for a day, which, you know, I'm not advising, but if I don't, she's not going to be tearing shit up. Right. She's going to be like, oh, bummer. Right. But if you get a box or you get a pointer, you get any kind of those mixes or, or full bred dogs like that, you are going to just just know that you, they, they they might ruin your life. But also you may ruin, more importantly, in my opinion, you may ruin theirs. Like don't don't get a dog if you can't if you can't give it its needs and you can give there's a dog for you like there is a dog for you i think you can get a dog that will that you will be good roommates with good bonding uh, companion yeah like you'll be a good fit but what is your life like and what do you want it to look like because dogs require different amounts of of um of your time and then also you also you you don't always know what you're going to get exactly which i do like pet finder for a lot of or whatever I'm not supposed to say if I like a thing. You can. Or like, like I like like anytime we you, I like um, going through local, but Petfinder grabs all the local mm-hmm. uh, rescues, and then I, obviously I'm an advocate for rescue um, dogs. And then um, if they're in foster care, this is especially really helpful. If you think you you know if you have a harder to fit, you know, like your life is gonna you need a really specific dog. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great way to get it through a foster situation because there's more information about that dog's temperament through there but you need Such to as listen. If you have children oh yeah yeah or another dog that might be kind of aggressive with some dogs but not all dogs or whatever well i've said this before on the podcast but the reason and i've said it till i'm blue in the face but people are like how do you get you know ponyo's such a perfect dog you know in particular ways where she can travel well she's friendly she likes people and they're like, how did you find this? And it's, it's not because I was such a genius. It's just because I talked to the people who worked at the rescue. And I listened mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. I went there with an idea in my mind of the dog I wanted. And then I was receptive to actually understanding what that dog was telling me about himself. I went and I was like, I want a poodle. I want a poodle. That's what I want. I'm having a hard time. A poodle seems soulful. They seem smart, small. I could whisper my secrets to it. I could cry into its curly human fur. Great. And then I met this poodle and he was not the dog for me. He peed on the ground in front of me. He was like, look, I'm not house trained. I'm not interested in you. And now I'm actually going to fall asleep. Can you please put me back in my cage? I'm done here. And I I listened. It's just like when you meet a person and there's red flags, you can look at them or not. And I was like, I'm meeting this dog. This dog's showing me that he's none of the things I wanted. Uh And he's actually some things I don't actively want. And so goodbye. He may be thinking the same thing when he met you, which yeah. is why he's showing that. He's just like, there's a different, I want, you, no, you need to be 60 plus, 60 plus. It's my minimum age requirement. He's like, you need 60 plus and we're going to have to have a wee wee pad, like carpeting yeah. on the entire do- domicile of yeah. where we live because I was raised in a horde and that's what I was bred to do right. is pee in the house. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Ponyo was sitting on the desk when I walked in and I was like, oh my God, who would let a dog sit on the desk? That dog. You know, and then they were like, you need to look at this dog. She is the best dog. And I was like, ew, I never want a chihuahua. She's, they're too shaky. And they're like, no, look at her. And I listened. Yeah. And now here we are. Yeah. I, you know, you can s- seek out information from professionals. There's a lot of stuff online. Dog trainers know an awful lot about different, you know, could maybe help you make a choice too. 
I really advocate for getting a dog trainer on board before you even get a dog, especially if you're not a first, if, if you're a first time dog owner for sure. Oh yeah. Um, it is a dog an accessory. What? I'm just going to, I'm just going to do a speed round. Is it, is a dog a good, um, photo, photo prop? No. Is that a good reason to get a dog? No. Uh, is it a good reason just a, as an accessory? No. Also, I have to say, Ponyo travels a lot. Yeah. But that's her temperament. Not every dog would love Mm-mm. to travel and get shoved under a seat of an airplane. No, no. So many dogs run so much more fearful. That's one thing I see a lot is that people get dogs and they're like, they can do anything. And it's like they're they're actually just, they're scared. They're not trying to act out. They're just afraid. And you can yeah. just take it at their pace. Like watch them. Learn 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 their language too. Ooh. Oh, yeah. But this is this is more advanced about then. This is after you've got the, the dog, but... How do you feel about... And this is deep in the weeds. We've already yeah. selected a dog. Yeah. Listeners have already okay. selected a dog. Uh-huh. They looked at a dog that, you know, if you think a dog's not... Like, maybe there's a cute dog on Pet Finder because he has a spot over his eye and you can't believe what he looks like. Yeah. But not a lot of other stuff is on it. Look at a dog that you maybe weren't as attracted to at first. Oh, yeah. Just based on temperament. I would... I would say more on temperament Ugh. and what they like to do, way more on that than on what they look like. That, I mean, I feel like that should be the, one of the last things because how's it going to fit into your life? And you're going to make the best bond with it that way. And do you, you, maybe you have a lot of time and you want to take on a, a, I think you call it a project dog. Is that what you call it? Or like a dog that's maybe more, will require more work and more like seeking of, uh, your patience will be tested more and you'll, you'll, you'll need to put a lot more time into it. And that's great if you have the time and can do that. That dog needs you. And that mm-hmm. dog's out there. But if you don't, then get the dog that makes sense to your life. And are you going to travel a lot? Are they versatile? Can they go to your friend's house? Can they go to boarding? A lot of dogs are very afraid when they're in boarding situations. And you're basically just sending them. To, anyway. <laughs> sending them to camp. Sending them to the they don't want to go to camp. They the don't bad camp. The bad yeah, camp. Yeah, bad camp that they don't understand. No. Well, they, they don't, they don't want to be away from your, their pack. Yeah. They're their pack. You're the yeah. person. They're relying on you. Well, yeah, yeah. They're just, they're just scared in a new environment. A lot of, a lot I, of us are. I can't, I can't recommend more for for first time dog owners getting a senior dog. If you uh, to me, if you have space in your heart for a dog at all, and mm-hmm. you are like someone who works at home, or you just don't have that much energy to be like running around all the time with a mm-hmm. dog. A senior mm-hmm. is like if you if you look at your friends who are cuddling with their dogs in bed and you feel jealous of that. A senior would love to cuddle with you. They would love to nap yeah. at any time. They'd love to nap all day long. Yeah, you just need to prepare yourself a little bit for like medical bills as they get up there. Yeah, there's you know, and just be ready to be attentive sure. to that and be like, oh, your teeth. I need to take care of your teeth. Oh, some you know, and then prepare. You're like, oh, this might be a shorter trip together. Than if you had a puppy. Yeah, well, and but what you when you get a senior dog or a dog that's an adult, you also have a more th- what you're seeing is more what you're getting. A puppy, that's on you. That's a that's whatever happened before you, which you don't have any real influence on. But then that's then it's on you, and and it's much more. There's much more care that would need to be taken when you get a puppy. There's much more time and care and prioritizing that puppy's socialization process. To me, it sounds a little bit like um, having baby animals. To me, I feel close to like baby, you know, baby mm-hmm. human. You're like, oh, this was so cute, and now I'm giving it back to its parent. Goodbye. That was wonderful visiting you. A kitten. I've had kittens before that just I was like, oh, it's so cute when you're first playing with them, 
mm-hmm. but then when you can't walk away and they're just crying and cr- crawling up you, it's just, if you're not ready to be a mother animal, mm-hmm. well, puppy, puppy the puppy, a puppy crying, a puppy needing you to teach it literally every single thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Socialization, manners, how to walk upstairs, how to walk through doors, yeah. how to interact with humans, how to, it's just, it's so much like if you're not prepared to be a parent. It's a, it's a really is much more parental than a, a cat. I mean, cats don't, we don't expect them to do what we expect. We expect so much of dogs. It's really, oh yeah. we're like, you can do it, right? You're a dog. And it's like, no, they just, they need to, at their pace. All dogs are different. Dear Sagittarian Matters, I'm currently visiting my family in the Midwest because my grandma recently passed away. My parents have three geriatric dogs. One of them is doing very poorly, much worse than when I was here a year ago and she wasn't great then. She's deaf and blind and doesn't seem like she can even smell very well. She used to get incredibly excited to see me, but I'm not sure she even realizes I'm here right now. She cries constantly because she's so miserable. I've expressed to my parents that she needs to be put to sleep. I can see clearly that it is the kindest thing for her at this point. I think my dad is on board, but my mom is a tougher sell. She feels like she's killing the dog and that it's selfish. I've told her it's exactly the opposite of selfish and that it's much more selfish to keep her alive. I think she knows this logically, but she is letting her emotions get in the way. I'm not really sure what to do. It's killing me to watch this poor dog suffer so greatly. I do understand my parents wanting to wait until after my grandma's funeral to make a decision, but I really don't want her to suffer another minute. Signed, Suffering in South Dakota. Okay, this dog is deaf and blind and doesn't, and she seems maybe a little senile. Well, crying all the time is a, that's, that one, that one stands out. Yeah, to me, deaf and blind, you can have a wonderful life. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and even maybe a little bit senile. I don't know. Yeah. But, but, but vocalization for a dog to reach a point of vocalization, I think is a pretty strong, because dogs are often very stoic, beagles aside. Uh, And, and so I think that's a definite, the dog is communicating mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, and, and, and is old already. Yeah. Um, I'm sure has had a wonderful life. So I understand um, this person's sadness watching watching a suffering friend of her. I imagine it's a friend of hers. Should I turn this off? Should, should, I don't uh, know. I don't know what's better. Yeah. Um, so I feel for her. I'm, I'm really, you know, that's, that's, uh, it's very hard to watch uh, an animal suffering or, you know, anybody suffering. So, and her dad is on board. Mom's a tough sell. I have ideas. What are your ideas? I, I'm wondering who, it's very, it's also, I know this from personal experience, that it's very hard to have somebody else tell you that it's time for you to euthanize your animal. That's a really hard thing to have coming, especially from someone probably in the family. Mm. So my thoughts are like, people who maybe um this person's mom would trust or like be able to hear it differently from than inside the family which would be a vet uh a vet uh, uh some someone who whoever they hold in maybe high regard friend of the family who's you know, I, I, this is my th- first thought is mm-hmm. like maybe that could come into i don't know how you orchestrate setting that up but you invite the vet to your fu- yeah. grandma's funeral. <laughs> yeah. You invite well, the vet to the You bring the dog swaddled like a baby yeah. to sneak it into the funeral home. And then Good. you hand it to the vet. Good call. <laughs> this is great. 
And so you make it easy. This I'm trying to figure out how to problem solve this and make go. it simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keep it simple. It, just somehow, maybe, may, I don't know what kind of relationship they have with their mom, but maybe they could just even suggest that to their mom. Could you please, could you just ask some, some vets, could you, uh, you know, I see this thing. I care about. I know it's really hard f- yeah. for, for you. And, and I'm, this is, it's just so sad, but can you, maybe the idea is to seek out advice from somebody who really ha- is going to have a better objective viewpoint about the level of suffering. And if that dog is ready for its rainbow bridge crossing. Which every um, we are all in the same boat. We all got to cross the rainbow bridge. I would be so happy if somebody euthanized me, and I didn't know it was going to happen mm-hmm. when I was at a suffering point, mm-hmm. for example. Hi, listeners. It's me, Nicole. If you would like to support me and Ponyo, in particular our comics and animal illustrations. Go to patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. And for as little as $2 a month, you can have access to hundreds of pages of otherwise unpublished diary comics. For the price of one cold brew plus tip, you can become an honorary Sagittarian. And for the price of two vegan cupcakes or two vegan donuts, you can become a Ponyo's Friend Club member, at which point you really start raking in goods, including new buttons. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. I, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but it, it bears repeating because it always seems like people are like, oh, what is that? I really something that was helpful for me was having a quality of life worksheet that I found online oh. and I could do the quality of life. You could do the quality of life worksheet when your dog is at a normal way and not suffering. And then if your dog gets old, as your dog gets older, maybe every year you do this quality of life worksheet. And then if your dog gets sick, you can do it more regularly because I, you and I have different opinions on this, uh-huh. which I'm happy to bring point counterpoint Siskel and Ebert to the podcast. Sure. But bo- I brought you here. Both you and I uh-huh. have have gone through a lot of pet death, pet crossing. Yeah. Pets crossing the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. You've you've had you had several pets cross the Rainbow Bridge in a short amount of time. I did. I had three that that uh, I had to euthanize within three months, uh, six months of each other. So, and I had two that I had to euthanize within a month of each other. Yeah, it's so we're. That's brutal. It's a brutal. That's a brutal time. It's a. Hard, it was the kind of thing where the vet, the vet wrote me the the handwritten note. They said they're like, wow, two in the same month. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like even yeah. the vet was like, yeah. I can see this is very wow. Who would have thought this is what would happen? Yeah, I'm sure that the vets also were like, wow, Kaya. Yeah, wow. they were. They were. Um, thank you for all the money, but, oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry about all those credit cards. Sorry. Um, but pet home, home euthanasia really was my best friend in at least one of these situations. I want to say it's Every- how I did all of mine. And I very strongly advocate for it. If you have the resources, it's a little more cost a little more, um, but not but even so much more no, and you'll not- never want that money back. That's true. And isn't, yeah, it's not so much more and you get, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really nice way to, um, to be in the space, especially for the pet. Well, I mean, my dog Wishbone. Yeah, I can I can empathize with this writer, the person who wrote the question, because mm-hmm. Wishbone had kidney disease. She was a little terrier with a mohawk. She had kidney disease or kidney failure, whatever. She was eating a special diet, and then she started getting bumps. That's fine, but she had um, dementia, so she would pace back and forth, whining all the time, and I, I would be like, "You have a." There's the door. You could go outside. You have a warm bed. You just ate dinner. 
what else could you – she would just pace and whine and pace and whine mm. and just stare at nothing. And mm-hmm. she just had dementia. Yeah. And then eventually, like, one more extra thing happened. And then it was just time. Yeah. She was done. She was – like, she got a tumor or something. Okay, yeah. So it was time for her to go. And I called the home euthanizer. And then I – while I was waiting for them to show up, she fell asleep on my chest. I just sat in a chair with her. She fell asleep on my chest. I put a blanket over her. She fell asleep. The lady came in. And Wishbone just got to fall asleep on my chest and just never wake up. She wasn't scared. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't stressed out. She didn't have to smell the vet or feel that feeling. She just got to be at home. I mean, that's really lucky. Really very nice. And it was, it was, it was ideal. It was nice. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Beja's, I want to talk about it, but um, other, you know, if she would have had to go into a vet office, it would have been different. Yeah, indeed. I, and I'll, I'll say, you know. I don't know if the, the, to share share a story of of my. It's re, it's so hard to make the call to euthanize. So the balance, what you're saying, the worksheet, that's a really cool resource. I didn't have it. I had my own brain thoughts of like what their quality of life balance was. Like, oh, they are still eating. Check. Or they are still want to fetch the ball. They still want to go on walks. They're still chasing a rabbit. All right, you know they they don't look great. Or they they have they both had cancer, so it was like yeah. it's a very specific kind of. They were young, a little young to die. Um, but, but, but I had a balance sheet in my head, you know, of like what, when is their suffer, when is the suffering going to be, is pushing above their, their joy mm-hmm. to be alive. And um, I did, I, so and at a point I was just like, I don't know how to make this call. I'm so confused about how to, how to, when, when is it there? I see suffering and then the next day I don't. And it's, it's very hard. It's really you have such a bond and they're like you're you know and for me it was like my ki- my child or whatever like and I, I have now i have to youth and now i have to kill it this yeah. is this is this is like it's, it's just heart-wrenching and i did have i did seek the uh um a more objective viewpoints of several several vets one of whom said a, a thing to me that was along the lines of it's be- it's better a minute too soon than a minute too late you said a day it doesn't it doesn't yeah. matter a week too soon then a week yeah. it's just you know because at that point the suffering is just there's no quality of life there for the animal it's just suffering and i don't i think if you could put yourself in their paws you know i think that you would not want to be alive you know they, it, that's what I, I mean well they live very in the moment there's yeah. no dog that's like, okay, after this course of chemo, things are going to get a lot better. All right. And they're not having an existential crisis about their own demise. No. And you're giving them such a service just to like every, everything dies and it's, it's okay. It's what happens in life. And then, you know, sickness often leads to the death. And if you can take that suffering component, I mean, out of the mix, uh, uh, it's, is it kindness? It is. Because a- nature's not always so kind, you know? Or the natural process of death is not always, it's not kind, you know, very brutal, very painful. It is. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do as a pet owner, but it's the greatest gift you'll ever give your pet is to relieve them of that suffering. Yeah. And for me, the important thing was I, the difference for me when I was like, okay, this is just a time, a matter of when is when I realized when I could sit down with my quality of life worksheet or the facts and be like, my home is a hospice. It's not a hospital. The dog's not coming Mm -hmm. out of this. Mm So it's not like we're waiting and then something's going to change. It's like we're waiting until I can't stand how much the dog is suffering anymore. Right. And so I just need to be a grown-ass adult. Mm-hmm. I need to ask myself, you know, is your functioning adult on board? Right. And just 
make the hard decision. And for me, I mean, it felt like I was paying somebody to murder my best friend. Yeah. That's which the- is the truth. And my friends had to stay afterwards. Like, can you stop saying that? It's, when you yeah. say you murdered Beja, can you just stop? I, I just said that? kill. Yeah, yeah. It murders a little more. <laughs> Homicide's a little more <laughs> dramatic that, you know. Oh, my God. Like, well, yeah. But, but also, I did have to find... Because everyone, nobody wants to hurt your feelings at that time because everyone's so sensitive. So everyone will be like, whatever you do is the right thing. And I agree, uh-huh. but it was hard when I was like you and I was trying to make that decision and get help right. for people to just say, whatever you do is the right thing. And yeah. I was like, but what would you do? Yeah. And so I finally found a vet that would tell it to me straight yeah. and was like, oh, we found this thing. And I was like, okay, well, what's the best case scenario of that? And they're like, more surgery. And I was like, well, the dog's almost 16 years old. Yeah. So how about no more surgery? Yeah. And yeah, I think this person said that their their mother felt it was selfish to, to make that call. But it's, I would say that you could certainly look at it as selfish not to. And I think because we put our human attachment onto our dogs, of course, and including in, in, as we decide, as we so often have to, which is a tragedy, but we do. This is part of what we are bestow. This is the great honor of having a pet as your, as your, um, uh, companion in life is that you, that this is, this is your responsibility to take them all the way to their death. Yeah. And that, that, you know, that is like, that is like a marriage. It's like such a commitment and it's a, it's your human attachment influencing, not letting them go when it is the the clearly from, you know, from many people or it, Step, trying to step out of yourself if you can, yeah. which is obviously hard to tell your mom to do. I don't know how to tell your mom to do that. That's why I'm like, seek a, an authoritative, somebody she'll respect. Try to push her towards that conversation with that person maybe who will be able to tell her something she can hear differently if, it, if it's not, if, if she's unable to hear it from her uh, fam, right in her family circle. Yeah. Oof. It's such a, it is such a tough thing. And I feel like when people adopt a dog, they don't think about this, the other end of the scale. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to look at a puppy and be like someday, but, um, I, I, I do. <laughs> you do now? I do now. Yeah. After well, that's why I going through it. Well, I mean, I don't obsess about it. You gotta, you gotta just live in the moment too. You just take yeah. their, take, follow their lead. Oh, I, like, oh, that? I like that. Follow the dog's I like lead. I like that. Put yourself um, in their paws for a second. Yeah. Um, oh, I was also going to say. Also, this the dog will if the, if if mom can't budge. It's, it's also it's so it's okay. I mean, it's just whatever you can do to kind of like ground yourself, uh, uh, let go of trying to control it at yeah. some point because you can't you can't and you know the the dog may just suffer more than you are comfortable with and I don't you know you can seek your own um, uh, counsel from your your friend group or whatnot you know whoever you need to yeah to process that how long did you wait before you got another dog after you put your dogs to sleep uh six six years wow was it that long yeah it was six years i got ponyo within six months yeah but it felt like it was too soon yeah but i just did it anyway for me it was there's a lot of a lot of decisions i wanted to do that but but also i just wanted to travel i wanted to travel Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get out of debt. Oh yeah, <laughs> from that. Well, that's the thing. Experience. If you get a dog, what kind of financial things do you think someone should be prepared for? If they're like, it's COVID, I want to foster dog. Mm-hmm. I want to adopt a dog because they're cute. Yeah. I think 
You know, they have those, they have that on like a, a worksheet at the Humane Society. Like how much money do you expect to spend on this dog? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's so weird to think like, oh, oh, that's right. Like my dog might get cancer and it might cost me $15,000 or might, whatever it might be to like try to, try to um, put them through treatment. And what are you, will, are you the kind of person, are you like me, who's the kind of person who will just go into credit card debt because you can't not if there's something to be done, you can't not do it. Or are you a person who's like, it's more practical about it. And it's like, this is the amount of money I'm willing to and able to spend. And I'm not going to go into credit card debt. And sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's a good, it's important to think that like they, if you're going to have that bond with them, they're going to be an expense mm-hmm. and caring for their, for their vet care or paying for their vet care and their, all the things. Yeah. You just got to think, think it through. You need to think, what's your backup plan if something happens? Like, Ponyo, I got her. I was like, I had the perfect dog. Can you believe it? And then she went blind uh-huh. within, like, two years of me having her. And she was very young. And then they were like, oh, you could reverse it in one eye for, like, $4,000. And I had, you know, $5 to my name probably. Well, yeah. And so then I had to hustle to think of how to do that. But so just think in your head, if something happened to this animal, yeah. what's my hustle plan? That's why, what's my backup plan? That was part of why I did not get dogs for six years, because I did not have the financial resources for it. Yeah. Well, you were still paying off the beautiful uh-huh. lives that yeah. you gave those other animals. Yeah. Um, what's the last thing I want to say? Uh, I can't remember the last thing I want to say about dogs. Do you have anything else random you want people to know about dogs or to think about dogs? Well... Um, I, I just, I can't advocate enough for just learning some things about dog behavior and dog body language. Um, for, for can you I, tell us something? Well, there's so many resources. Uh, there's so many resources of, um, lovely trainers out there who can guide you about like, I just, I see so much of the time people who don't know how to, to speak dog, mm-hmm. but it's actually a language that you can learn. Um, you know, you can learn their body language and know what it means, and then you can make decisions advocating for them better and not putting them in situations where they're fearful or that they're going to have an aggressive moment and, or whatever. Great. This does, yeah. Uh, there's so many. Positive reinforcement only. That, that'd be my – that's my – there's was- force-free training. There's people training, like, zoo animals to like fish to willingly swim into a net so that it can be transferred to another tank but they train them to make a decision to yes and no they don't have to swim in that they have a choice there's this whole there's this whole cool new way of training what's it called it's called well i don't know what it's called that's the on off uh it's all under force free training and positive reinforcement it's all it's all um like this, this guy Shrag Patel is—he's incredible. He does a lot of. This is great. Yeah, he he does a lot of stuff with zoo animals, um, and he worked under Jean Donaldson. I think he went to her school. She's 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 lovely too. We go on and on about what is punishing, right? But fear to me can be as punishing to a body as can actual physical violence. So it's like. Of course you see a person hitting their dog and you're like, ah, that's terrible. But if you see a person like trying to get their dog to do something scary and you can see the dog is like, no, I don't want to. But they're still like kind of like pulling them along through a scary situation. To me, that is like you might as well kick your dog. Like it's like that 
that is clear to me that from that dog's body language that they are what's s- scary like what kind of thing oh i mean it's, it's all about the individual dog but some dogs are scared to just be around a, 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 a man wearing a hat you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it just depends. But it, the, the bottom line is I see more, more so than obviously I see people just, I don't see people like hitting their dogs out in the world, but I do see this a lot, which is why I'm advocating for learning dog body language because putting your dog in fearful situations and then not figuring out that you can actually help them manage that situation by giving them distance from the fearful thing. Um, or, or doing it with treats, pairing it with treats and like trying to condition them to feel, feel differently about the thing that's scaring them. Cause you're like, what are you scared of? It's just a, it's just a hat, you know, yeah. but in their brain, they're seeing something totally different, like a monster. Well, I don't know why, yeah. but it's just, it's just dogs. They're just different than us. Um, I do sometimes, I really like, I had a friend before that said, we use the word operator error. About like if like if you do something sometimes and the dog misbehaves because like you left your sandwich on a low, you left your sandwich on a low table <laughs> yeah, and the dog yeah, eats yeah, the yeah. sandwich. Instead of getting and mad at the dog, yeah. you have to take you have to be like you know that was an operator error. That was oh. like I need to take that on myself. Yeah, dogs. That's just, my problem. They're just they're living in their like they don't have morals. They're not like they don't understand when a thing is right or wrong. Actually, they understand when their person is upset, but they're mostly are just confused. They're just like wait. Why are they upset? They're doing the upset thing. Why are they upset? Yeah, I'll I'll look scared or sad. Right. I really don't like it when your vibe is like this. Yeah, but they don't actually. They're not like, oh man, I really shouldn't eat this sandwich because it's theirs, and then they'll be sad. They don't get to eat their sandwich. They're just they're just like, holy shit, they left a there's a sandwich, a, a straight up meat sandwich in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> like that's so nice of them. Well, it's just it's good to remember that <laughs> to be like. Fortune. I feel a little bit. It's a little bit like when you argue with a child you've already lost. Where I'm like, if you get mad at your dog, mm-hmm. you've already lost. Like, what's the matter with you? Yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah. you know, do I want my dog to bark all the time in my ear? No. No. I mean, do we sometimes get a little frustrated? Sure. We're just, we're, you know, they get frustrated with us. But yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just an advocate of, of, of also trying to help dogs through fear, which I see a lot of out in the world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of aggression, what's gets labeled as aggression in dogs, is fear-based too. Mm-hmm. So ultimately tackling what is it, what are they, what are they comfortable with? Knowing their comfort. Yeah. Kai, I have one more thing that needs to happen on the podcast. Will you please do your award-winning grape lady impression for me, for our listeners? I sure will. I'm going to scare the dogs, but yeah, okay. I sure will. You're going to scare after we talked about fear and dogs. Dogs? Yeah. Something's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Can't breathe. Oddly, nobody got that scared here. Youch. Youch. <laughs> All the dogs. Pac is just like laying there. He's heard it before. He's heard it before. Have you described the Grape Lady video? Well, the lady's like, she's out at a, like a vineyard and they're in a barrel and they're, they're, she, they're stepping on the grapes, right? And the woman who's the, the, the interviewer, the newscaster is just like... It's like, ew, disgusting is getting kind of grossed out. And then she gets all like fun, funny about it. She's trying to be like funny and she like goes really, 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 really fast. And then she loses her balance and then she just like kind of falls out of the barrel. And but it barrels up on a stand. Why? I don't know. That's for maybe for the for the camera. For the camera. Yeah. For yeah, for the 
beautiful vantage point. So she falls so out she of falls frame. Out, out, yeah, and then she falls out of frame, and then all you hear is her mic, her on her mic. And she has had the wind knock out of her. But then I found out also she did. She may have broke a rib or two. Will you do it one more time? <laughs> yeah, so she's falling. She's like, is it, she falls, she's like, I'm going to go really, really, really fast. And then she, she falls out of the... Uh, Oh, 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 Kai, thank you for being uh, Capricorn on Sagittarius Matters. Oh, pleasure. Thank you for having me back. No problem. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.